You're listening to Serious Business with Andy Audate. Serious talk on business, marketing, and finance to win in this new economy. In this podcast, every single day, Andy Audate reveals cutting-edge strategies, technologies, techniques, and solutions to exponentially grow your business in the new economy. Let me tell you what happened, man. I'm gonna be, man. We could start the, we could start the podcast if we want now, but let me tell you what happened. Man. Oh, it's recording. Whatever. Let's go. What happened was I was with my with one of my right hand mans. We was at we was at the office. We work we work out of where we work, and um, there's a there's a, a speaker that I'm working with, Jordan Belfort. He's known as the Wolf of yeah. Wall Street. Yeah. And so as we're scheduling things, they're like, "Oh, uh, all right, he's gonna be here. He's gonna be there." His schedule is so far out. He's so far out. Like like he already had things booked so far out that I had to wait two months in order to really get, uh, do what we had to do. And I looked at my partner, I said, man, bro, what the hell? Why isn't my schedule full, bro? Why isn't my schedule full? So then what I did was I started hiring people. I said, your job, all your job is to fill my schedule up. Mm. And then my schedule got too full. So then that was a good problem. Then I hired more people. I said, hey, I'm training this person. I'm working with this person. I need all y'all to fill up his schedule. Then, I, then, I, then, I, then his schedule got full, Then I said, I need to hire another person. So I hired someone else on my left hand. And I said, I need all y'all to hire the, to fill up his this person's schedule. So we have now in my organization, we have like, uh, I don't know, I don't even know. We just hired six new people. But we have a bunch of people who are just appointment setters. They're qualifying, they're connected with people, all on the phone saying, hey, do you want to work with Andy our date? Great, I'm going to put you in touch with our team members. And, and that's what's allowed my schedule to become jam-packed because we created a system to do just that. Dude, I love that, man. I mean, you know, I, I was just having this conversation the other day with, with treating your hours like money, right? If you got 24 <clears throat> hours in the day, you treat everyone, everything, single one like a dollar, where are you investing those hours to, right? So now you have to be way more cognizant because a lot of people are going to be pulling for your time, man. I know, you know, you got a lot of big things going for you and I'm freaking happy for you, but I'm sure at that point, People are reaching out. People are like, hey, Andy, can you do this? Can you do that? Now it's up to you to figure out, like, where is this going to best serve me, the movement we're doing, my brand, my people and stuff, right? Yeah, no, 100%. You got to be very cognizant of your time. And I also did a post last yesterday on Instagram and uh, on my story. And I said, uh, you know, what percentage of the day are you applying towards your goal? What I don't know if you watch my story, but I said, what percentage of like the hours of the day? So if you have 24 hours, how, what percentage is, is, is applied to your, towards your goal with purpose, mm. with purpose. And I made a comment uh, on the lines of, I have a theory. And my theory is that if you apply a certain number of hours towards your goal, that's the percentage of the goal that you're going to reach. So for example, if, if I, if I, if you apply 16 hours, towards your goal out of a 24-hour time span, you're going to reach, what, what six, what's 16 divided by 24? I did the math, but what's 16 divided by 24? You're going to reach 67% of your goal. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to make 100,000. All right, you're going to, if you're applying 16 hours towards that goal, you're going to only reach 67% of your goal. And I'm including sleep as a goal as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sleeping with purpose. Just yesterday, someone asked me, what, Andy, what, when do you sleep? What time do you sleep? What, what, when do you sleep? Because I'll post uh, at night that I worked out, and, and then it'll, it'll say, like, 
they'll say like six hours later, oh, I'm in the gym. And it's like, is this like a bot you got on your schedule? I'm like, no, I sleep with purpose. Mm. I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the gym. I have a gym downstairs in my, in my residence. Hey, I sleep with purpose. So that I, I, I go to a workout. I'm in the shower. I'm in bed. Boom. Like, lights out in my, with my mask. I mean, the lights stay on in my house on purpose so I can wake up in a couple hours. But I put on my sleeping mask, and then I wake up in six hours. And then, boom, I'm, I'm headed towards the gym again to uh, start the next day. Mm. I did see that on your Instagram. Yeah, I like that a lot. And when I saw that, I was like, dang, that's actually really interesting. I never heard that with sleeping with a mask and leaving the lights on. So, like, right when you get up, you're good to go. Oh, How'd you come up with that? Because are you familiar with uh, one of my mentors and friends, Sam Bakhti? Are you familiar with him? Yes. So Sam owns um, 110. I, it, it's, it's grew since then. So he must own 115 something locations of uh, fitness transformation centers. And I, I work out with Sam in the morning. So one day I'm sleeping and, and naturally what happens is I press a snooze button. I, I, I'm supposed to wake up at 3 a.m. Mm. Somehow I, I press the snooze button and then I look at my photos later on in the day and I see screenshots of like, so you can see that I'm fumbling with my phone. And this is all subconscious, man. This is, I don't remember doing these things. I don't mm. remember that I was fumbling with my phone. I don't remember that, that I pressed the snooze button. So Sam wakes me up, calls me at 4, 4.20 a.m. I'm supposed to be at the gym by 4. So he's holding me accountable and he calls me. He's like, where the fuck you at? And I was like, I'm at, oh shit, I'm, I'm home. He's like, make your ass to the gym. And it was a wake up call that like, yo, this is my opportunity to take care of my body to start the day. And I failed to, 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 to be on point with that. So it kind of fucks up my day for the whole entire day. So I said, you know what, put a mask on. As soon as I open up my eyes to, to be able to stop the alarm, the, sh the shock to my brain with all these senses, with the light, that's gonna wake me up. And the second thing I do is I put my phone away to the side or I put an alarm all, all the way that I have to get up and walk to it. Mm. This little system that I created has supported me in waking up early consistently time and time and time again. That now is more of a natural thing to wake up that early. Mm, I love it. I love it. One thing that you had mentioned that I want to kind of touch on is accountability, right? You got Sam keeping you accountable on your fitness. How many other people are you are, are keeping you accountable maybe on your speaking on all these other aspects of your life? I'll give you an example. So, so I pay someone, in addition to people like Sam, there's a group of people that I work out with. It takes me 40 minutes to go to the gym. I have a gym in my house, but it mm -hmm. takes me 40 minutes to go to the gym. I drive there because there's a group of people that supports me in accountability. And I pay one person every, I don't need to pay to go to that gym. This is this is a, a family a family like a family center like I don't need to pay to go to the gym but I pay someone I say hey bro I pay you to hold me accountable make sure that I'm in the gym make sure I'm eating right make sure I'm taking care of myself number one and number number two I share with my staff hey this is what our goals are and I'm very vulnerable um, one of my challenges in, in running a business is is the perception that I had of a boss the perception that I had that a boss was someone who told people what to do always on point and didn't have friends. It was, it was like, kind of like, fuck you. I'm, I rule over everything. And then right. that, that shot me in, in the, in the foot many times throughout my business journey where, where people didn't want to be led by me. Then I went through a personal development training, realized what leadership actually was. And then 
I, I became vulnerable with my team and I shared with my team, okay, guys, we're, we're a small company. This is a small name. Andy Day is a small name. We're not known yet. We do have clients. We do serve a lot of people. However, we're still not known yet in the world, in the, in the point of view of the world. So I need, I need your support to make sure that I do what I got to do. So for example, I hire in my company someone who, who's, her job is just to do stats. She does stats. She's full-time stats person. Mm. And she gives, she does stats on how many calls were made, how many deals was, was presented, how many deals was closed, how many, how much deals was present, how much was the amount of deals, and then what's the percentage of it that was closed, um, hours, all that stuff. And I said, hey, hold me accountable too. So every morning I said, hey, this is how many presentations I'm going to do, how many such presentations I'm going to do. And then in addition to what I do as a leader in my company, you know, putting out fires, I still have to present opportunities. And the, the same response that I give to a senior sales marketing manager in my company, and I, and I say, hey, you didn't hit your target today. What the fuck is going on? I do it to myself too, because now I'm being held accountable by my, my, my own team. And I'm like, all right, guys, how do you think I could be, uh, how do you think I could grow as a leader? How do you think that I can make sure I hit my target? How could you support me to hit my target? And, and we start figuring out things together as a group. So I don't look at my team as, as like, yo, I'm your boss. I look at my team as like, hey, my job is just to be a facilitator. We're all at the same level. We all have different roles to play, but my job is to be the facilitator. I'm the manager of funds. I'm the manager of the project. And I'm a facilitator of, 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 uh, of our meetings and our connection. However, we are all leaders in our organization, in this organization. Mm. Dude, that's awesome. Dude, I got so many questions going in through my mind right now. But when, when we talk about leadership, how did you get your team to just be open and, and just talk to you that way? Because, you know, it, sometimes, especially when you're dealing with people, they're like, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to say that to Andy because I might piss them off and, then, you know, start a negative, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's constant. It's, it's con I can't, first of all, we have culture is, is big. I, I learned from, there's a, uh, an entrepreneur who's very popular in the marketing space. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And in this, this entrepreneur shared that he has a, uh, uh, kind of like an HR-focused culture. And in the, in the personal development training that I've done, we've done a lot of things where our culture was focused around, around connection, okay, around, around the growth. So I was telling one of my partners, my company, I said, dude, um, what is it? What is it? It's eight, three hours of the day because my team is all virtual. My, mm -hmm. my team is all virtual. It's about 2.2 .2 hours of the day, 2.17 hours. So we got it down to the numbers, right? We got, yeah. we got it down to the numbers. Yeah. Um, but 2.17 hours of the day per person, I pay payroll per person, I spend extra money on just having meetings. So instead of them doing calls and, and meet and, 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 and clients shit, I, 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 it's all on meetings. So we're constantly in Zoom. So like how we started the Zoom call, I told you, hey, click manage participants, click allow report, because I'm constantly on Zoom with my team. And we're having meetings about business, and then we stop business and we go straight to personal. And throughout the day, I'm pounding to produce results. So a lot of people are gonna, are, are gonna try to duplicate what I'm doing. And, as, and, and the challenge with duplicate what I'm doing is they don't know that we operate at a high, at a high, high range during the time that's allotted for calls, during the time that's allotted for sales presentations. We operate at a high, high range. But when it's time for connection time, hey, put business to the side. 
put hey, I, I understand Mary that you want to talk about your target because we're at work but we're not talking about target right now that's already taken care of what's your goal for you and your daughter hmm what what do you mean no you, you have you have a child don't you yes I do what's your goal for your daughter like what do you, what do you want to happen in life oh okay I get I, I can talk about that here yes you can great now that allows other people to start talking about their goals what's going on in their life so now people are sharing hey you know this is my challenge with my mom so they feel like this team this feel this team feels really connected so today i saw that um i saw one of my one of my appointment setters that was hired a couple of weeks ago she she followed me on, on on social media i went to her facebook the rest of the company was already friends with her on facebook they felt connected and they're all virtual, part, different parts of the, the world. I got people in Africa, I got people in Colombia, Argentina, Philippines, uh, 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 Mexico, United States. I got people all over the country. We just hop on a Zoom call, different time zones, but you would swear that we, we've known each other for years. So number one, put the business to the side. Put the business to the side, get connected. Ask personal questions. Number two, when it's time to do business, operate at a high, high range. You're piling the phones, you're calling the clients, you're doing the meetings, you're doing the presentations, you're sending the emails. Number three, be vulnerable as a leader. That you recognize that, hey, me and you are equal. We just have different roles. In a, in a, in a house, in a, in a family, the mother and, the, and, the, and, the, and the, the mother and the, the, the father are equal. They just have different roles. So I'm the manager of funds, I'm the manager of the, the, the meetings, I'm the manager of the program, I'm the product, However, we all have different roles. It's our job as a unit to get to a certain direction. So I, as a leader, number four, is like I make a clear vision where we're going as a unit. So every time that we experience challenges, like, Andy, you don't understand, like, this person hung up on me, and this person called me a bitch, and this person said, don't call me again, and da, da, da. When, when, when those things happen, the feeling is mutual throughout the whole team, and it feels like, hey, we're doing this together. Like, we're at war together to change the world for a positive, for a positive and, and, uh, in, in a positive way through our progression, through our progression conference and through our progression programs. We're here to change the world, and we're coming together as a unit. Our, so we're a family. We're not just a, a company. We're a family. Mm. And every time we have a new hire, I'm saying, hey, you're like the newborn cousins. Welcome to, <laughs> Welcome to the family, right? In your opinion, what's the most difficult part about leadership? The most difficult part about leadership. I can tell you have a passion for it. I, I love just kind of exploring this part of your mind because like, it just comes out of you. So I'm like, right, let's, I want to see what, you know, what, what's the hardest part for you. So the most difficult part about leadership is, for me, is seeing someone's potential and then not fulfilling it. Mm. Seeing someone's potential and be like, damn, like, I know you can do that, but I don't think this is your time now. Ooh. So let's, let's, let's dive deep, deeper into that. You have someone, you got a new hire on your team. They got a lot of potential. You're like, man, I really like this person. But for whatever reason, they're not performing to that level. You've tried to, you know, inspire them to try to light that fire under their ass to try to get them, to get them going. What's the next steps after you've tried to inspire them? Look, I mean, 
I can only do so much. Like like a couple of days ago, we fired we fired this one girl who was who was not performing correctly. Who was not performing. And man, you could just tell like, she was she was passionate. Like she could tell like you, know, I really want to be here. Like this, like oh my gosh, like I feel connected for the first time. You can tell that that was the case. You can tell like she there was some challenges in her life that there was lack of connection and, and family or some sort. And then she comes into the screen and she's like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm here at this meeting and I'm I'm at work, but we're just talking about you know our dogs and stuff. And that's true because that's part of the connection where we talk about, hey, what pets you got? Well, you know, what's going on in your life? Stuff like that. So, so we're talking about our dogs and I'm getting paid to talk about dogs and stuff. And, and it's so cool. I get to just talk about how I really feel. But she wasn't performing. So if you remember, I, number two was operate at a high, high range. We operate at way above normal. Way above normal. And, it, and it's pounded and reinforced that, hey, you're not hitting the target. What's going on? You're not hitting the target. If you're not hitting the target, your, your job is in jeopardy. And I, as a leader, had to make the decision and, and say, hey, uh, we, I, said, I went to the, the, the senior marketing manager. I said, hey, we got to let her go. And so we had a team meeting with the whole entire group. And we're talking about the, how the day went and the challenges and the questions and the concerns and so on and so forth. And then I said, hey, you, to this one person, I said, you're not performing. Uh, we got to let you go. And you could just... Boom, her world was crashed right in front of her. And I'm looking at myself like I'm the leader here. Like, like, am I supposed to do something to support her progression and her growth? Like, do I like what did I do? Did I do everything I can do as, as, a, as a leader? Because I saw I saw my other employee, my other teammates who came into my company and they were they lacked confidence. They didn't know how to speak properly. They they had a weird accent and so on and so forth. And and they they were they were challenged and timid. And then I saw in a couple of weeks they they progressed. Now that they're, they're, they're the leading, uh, they're they're producing the highest now. And it's like wow, I see that progression. That's what I like as a leader. But then when there's someone who doesn't and it's out their time, that's the most effective. Like that, that's the worst part about being leaders is having to do that, where you got to let people go. Or you gotta you gotta crush people's dreams, or you gotta you gotta remove people from a situation that they love and they really want to be a part of because of a certain another reason like production. Mm. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Let's rewind a little bit. I, I if if you can go into the progression conference, I'd like to learn more about that. You know. Some, some of our followers may or may not know you, but if you could take a minute, explain what the Progression Conference is and what that's all about and how'd you get into that? Look, where I come from, I come from an impoverished area on the East Coast. And it's starting to become like, if, if for the people who like follow me a lot, uh, for a while, it's starting to be like the same shit. I, I, look, I come from the fucking hood, okay? I come from, the, from, from, from places where, where you're running for your life because someone's threatening you with a gun. I come from places where when you hear about somebody who got murdered uh, last Saturday at a party, the first question is not, oh my gosh, it's a murder. The first question, is this somebody I know? Because that, that sucked. I got to put them on a t-shirt now. Like, like, I come from that, a drug-infested area. I come from when I close my eyes and I think about my past, I, I remember walking down Hunt Street and, and having to go from one point to the other with weed in my pocket to go make a sale. Like I, I come from a place where fighting, fighting is like you're just like, all right, that's another fight. You're not, you're not really mesmerized by it, but it's another fight. However, people are so bored that they 
get, get around the fights and they start recording it just because it's funny. Oh, he got his ass beat. Oh, he's in the hospital. Oh, shit, that's fucked up. <laughs> I come from that where it's, it's, it's funny to see people, other people suffer. That's crabs in a bucket. That's crabs in a bucket where people are trying to get out and it's like, bitch, you ain't going nowhere. And then you bring it right, or you bring it right back down with you. And the progression conference was, was created through pain. It was created through challenges. It was created through what I experienced when, when I had to, when we slept in, the house was completely cold because we couldn't afford the, the heat, the oil for the heat. Um, and so, you know, you put in extra jackets and you just want to sleep like that. And you put, you take your ramen noodles that cost you 38 cents from the grocery store and you, you, you heat it up and you put it into a bowl and you put peppers on it and you kind of imagine like it's a gourmet meal, you know, from Asia. And you kind of imagine this and this fucking ramen noodles from a plastic cup and the, and the ramen noodles actually plastic. That's pain. That sucks. But that was my home. That was my, that's what, where I grew up. That's my love. And when I moved to California, I saw a different vision. I saw a different view. I'm like, yo, you're driving a car that's half of a million dollars and you pay cash for it. You're, you're driving a Rolls Royce. Whoa. You're eating steaks. Oh my gosh. Like, like you're eating steaks and like, Oh, my, and it's the real steak too. You know, it's not the steak that you, you pull apart and there's glue on it. And, and it's because it, it, what, what I used to eat with steak was that they, they used to have the, the scraps and they would glue it together. They, would glue, they had this little filament and they would glue the steak together and you'd be like, oh, I'm eating steak. No, you're eating the real steak. Like you're eating, like that's where, oh my, Beverly, man, you see the palm trees? Like, like in my house right now, right outside I see palm trees. I'm like, that's the palm trees, man. The simplest things, man. I want to, 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 to connect the gap from the left side being that impoverished area and the right side, the right side being that affluent, successful, success-driven area. I wanted to bridge the gap. And my idea was that when I was 19 and someone believed in me to open up a business, I opened up a cell phone store. And my idea was that people would go through the cell phone store as an employee and I would feed them personal development content because I was success-driven at a young age. So I open up the cell phone store and I'm listening to Les Brown and I'm playing, literally I'm playing Les Brown in the background, I'm playing Tony Robbins in the black background. And I'm like, yo, I think I can change my whole hood. I'm going to hire the whole entire block. I'm going to hire the whole entire block and I'm going to play Les Brown in the background and people are subconsciously going to change. Like literally this was the mindset that I had. And, and I, I was so naive that I said, I know about the subconscious mind a little bit. Let's play in the background and let's have people walk around like, hey, you can do it. You're successful. Overcome fear. Like I was thinking that people were going to do that. And then I hired people after a couple of years. I hired people and I see the challenges like, yo, people aren't changing. People aren't progressing. And I went to one of, one of the guys. Now, just so you know, Angelo, that's how I made my first million. 19, I opened up a cell phone store. 18 months later, I have 14 employees. I'm 21. I have uh, four stores. That's how I made my first million. So I go to my sales manager and I'm saying, hey, why, why, why do you think people don't want to progress? They don't understand the company's name is Progression Wireless. Why don't people want to progress? He said, Andy, you got to understand that I work with these people day in and day out. Some of them are just here for a paycheck. I said, get the fuck out of here, bro. Some people just come here for a paycheck. 
I thought that I was that when I paid them, our product was cell phones, just so we could take care of, just so we can pay the bills. But everyone was here for progression of our mindset. That's what my thought process was. And then he said, "Nah, man, you can't change people, Andy. You can only help people help themselves." I said, "I can't change people. I can only help people help themselves." I said, "Got it, bro." That quote, Joe, you're listening to this. He follows my content. Joe Jerez, man, you know what you did when you told me that. It completely changed everything. I shut down the whole entire business. I said, I'm here for, my life has a purpose. Purpose. My mm. life has a purpose. So I closed down the business. I moved to the West Coast. And when I moved to the West Coast, I said, I need to get out of that environment. So I got out of that environment. I said, what am I going to do? All right, then I decided that I'm going to become a speaker. So I hosted, I, I decided to partner up with one of the best speakers that I, I knew, which was Les Brown. And I went on tour with Les. And I traveled the country with them, spent a lot of time, hotel rooms, driving, connecting, just on the philosophy of success. Well, what, what do you need to overcome? What do you need to be successful? And how do you change the world? And he shared with me. He shared with me wisdom from Dr. Miles Monroe. He shared with me wisdom that he has, um, he has learned over the years. He shared with me wisdom from um, Norman Vincent Peale, uh, from Zig Ziglar. He just poured into me. Like, I was like, yo, just, he just poured into me. And I took that and I said, I'm going to apply that. So I started the progression conference where I said, hey, anyone can come here. I'm not going to have a whole company for you to work in. Think that's going to change your mindset. You can come into this room and change your mindset. It could be one person coming in. It could be 100 people. It could be 2,000 people coming in. You all will have opportunity to change your mindset. So my idea of the cell phone store people coming in and then leaving a different person now I change that to people coming into the seminar and I can scale that number and people will pass and, and come, come as a different person. However, what I learned throughout this journey was the lack of finances is what really held people incapable. I have a, I have a grandfather right now. He's laying on his deathbed. I just saw him for Thanksgiving, went to go see him. He's, the guy who's running around all the time working on, you know, like the copper in the house, he can barely get up. He can barely get up, and, and he has to have people get up for him, uh, pick him up. And he's laying, on his, he's laying on his deathbed. And I see that, and I said, oh, my gosh, why is he like that? So I talked to my uncle. My uncle said, you know, finances are tough, man. It could put people in stressful position. I said, you think, yo, my grandfather almost died because of money? Because over, so over so many years, it's been stressful financially. Yo, finances is fucking people's lives up because they don't know how to get it. They don't know how to take care of themselves. They don't know how to get money. So I said, I'm going to host a progression conference. I'm going to take care of everyone's bare necessities. I'm going to teach you how to fish. It's up to, do, it's up to you what you do with the money. But if I teach you how to fish financially, you can make a difference in your life and your lives of the people around you. That's what the progression conference is about. It's a one-day business seminar. People come in to learn and get inspired, but to get inspired, but also to learn strategies of how to change their financial income in a short period of time. Mm. Mm. Now you're, you're operating from a powerful place, brother. I can just tell it when you started talking about that story with your grandfather and it just kind of, you know, uh, built up into this is what the progression conference is about. You know, it's so much deeper. I think like when, when you hit on the finances, there's, what do they say? Like finances, like the number one reason why marriages don't work, right? Yeah, man. 
What is it about mismanaging finances, you think? Well, look, I did it myself too. Like, like, like there's, there's, there's systems and there's ideas that, or understandings that you need to have when it comes to money. So in 2016, so I make a, I make a shit ton of money, right? I moved to California and I'm living in these high rise apartments. I'm living this luxurious lifestyle and I'm not working because my, my experience as a, as a business owner was that I can rely on my laurels. So I wasn't working. Then, then, then I don't know, a year or something passes. I'm spending all this money. Then savings, savings start getting dry. I'm like, okay, I need, I need to do, I need to make money. How do I make money? How do I need to make money? How do we, how do speakers make money? So I'm speaking, I'm like going to different organizations. I'm like, hey, will you uh, pay me a, a, a keynote fee? Which is like, pay me five grand to come speak to your team. They're like, what the fuck, no? Uh, I, I, said, I said, okay, man, pay me $1,000. And they're like, no. I said, give me 250, man, give me 250. And like, no, man. So, I, so I, I'm like, okay, I start experiencing shiny object syndrome. Mm-hmm. I think I could do real estate then. You know what? Because at the time I was 22. So I said, I could do real estate. I, I, so I, I go dibble and dabble into real estate investing and I'm like, okay, it didn't work after a month or two. And like, it didn't work, right? Then, then I said, okay, I'm going to go back into the cell phone business. So I go back into the cell phone business. I go to Cricket Wireless. And then with my experience in the cell phone industry, especially in prepaid, they offer me a job right there on the spot like that. Offer me a job. And I slipped, and I slipped up and I took a total weed. I, said, I smoked weed one time. Uh, when, when someone came to California and then I go back to Cricket Wireless and, and go get my job and I say, hey, I'm ready for the job. And they say, all right, we, we just got to do a quick uh, piss test. And I said, oh, shit. Hey, bro, this happened only one time. Only, it was only one time. It's not going to happen. He said, hey, man, we can't offer you the job if that's the case. And, I, and I honestly, that was a blessing because I might have been still in the cell phone industry if it wasn't for that little one, that little weed uh, that, that I took a hit of. So I'm glad I actually smoked that weed that night. And then I didn't get a job because I would have been back in the cell phone industry. So I go back. I'm looking. I'm back in the field. I'm looking for for different opportunities. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go sell copiers. So I went and, go, went and sold copiers for a bit. Shiny object syndrome makes people broke. So in a short period of time, this must have been like I don't know six months or something like that. And that six month, I'm hurting, bro. I'm like, you know, you people look in their pockets for for a change, man. I'm looking at my chest pocket, bro. I'm looking at my hat for money. I'm I'm like, where the money at, man? And I'm hurt, but the thing I pride myself on is to learn in a short period of time. It doesn't doesn't take me years to figure shit out. I grow quickly and I, and I, and I shift rapidly. So I experienced this, this downfall over the course of six months. There are some people in the world that experience the same challenges and do not learn for it from it for 15 years. It took me six months to say, hey, bro, you need, you need to commit to something. And I, and I sat down and I asked myself, what is my purpose? What is my, why am I on earth? If I could wave a magic wand around my life, what would it be? I said, okay, boom, I get it. I'm going to change the world and I'm going to teach people how to make money. But first I need to get some. So I get a copy machine job. I, I go, go out and sell copiers, knocking on doors, boom, hardcore, selling, selling copiers. I put a little bit of money in my pocket. Then I transition to the seminar space and I start selling tickets and I do consulting in the seminar space. I know how to greet. I know how to qualify. I know how to present solutions. I know how to close deals. So I started teaching other industries how to make money. So I'm teaching real estate, real estate agents. I'm not a real estate agent, but I'm teaching them how to market and make money for themselves. 
So now these organizations are paying me. These people are now paying me. And the clients, the, the people in that organization are paying me to support them. Now I put a little bit of money in my pocket. Then now I'm t I continually focus on teaching other people, hey, I'm going to teach you how to make finances. I'm going to teach you how to grow your income. I'm going to teach you. Because you're committed, that's what will support you to be successful. Shiny object syndrome will not. Mm. You know, you, I love how you took your skills from one area, whether it was cell phones or printers. I always say sales, is, is, sales and influence is the same thing, right? Like you, you, you can apply it to whatever industry or whatever, either a product or service. And at the end of the day, sales is influence. How well can you influence someone to, you know, buy into or fully believe in the product or service that you're going to be selling? Right. Now, why speaking? Why did you hone in on speaking of, of all the things you could have done and with all the skills and talents that you have, you're a great speaker. I, I can see that it's very clear, but what made you hone in like speaking in this progression conference? This is what I'm going to hone in on. I, that magic wand. I can, you can create your life. Mm. You can literally create your life. So what I'm going to show you here is a paper from my wallet and this paper from my wallet is how I create my life. It's how I create my life right here. One little piece of paper. My life is created from this one little piece of paper. I did this when I was, when I was um, 18, 18 years old. I, I'm sitting in a quiet room looking at the Eucharist, which is a place where I, I, I essentially, it's quiet, you're supposed to be quiet, and it's a place of religion where you're quiet talking to God. I sat down there and I just wrote down my goals. Wrote down how if I could just if I was if I was responsible and I can make it happen, what would I want to happen? I said I'm gonna have a successful cell phone store. I'm gonna open it by June. So this was like February of 2014. I said I'm gonna open it in four months. Boom. And then I said I'm gonna have employees. And I said I'm gonna make a hundred grand. Boom. I, I never fathomed that. I never thought about a hundred grand. I don't know what a hundred grand felt like. I don't. You know. I don't. It wasn't a tangible thing. You gotta understand, like my household income was like thirty thousand. You know, huh? like like thirty thousand. My mom, me, my me, my mom. Like when I when I grew up, me, my mom, my dad, my brother. It was like thirty thousand. So we that's how we lived. You know, now my rent is a thirty thousand dollars compared to back then. But my, back then, my household was like thirty thousand. So I, I said, I'm gonna create create my whole life. I said, I'm gonna have employees. Boom. I'm I'm like eighteen years old, eighteen, nineteen years old. June 1st, 2014. So I wrote that in February. June 1st, 2014, what I wrote down came true. I opened up my first business. The second, the second, the second line said, I'm going to open up the second store by quarter one, 2015. Quarter one, 2015. Quarter one starts January 1st. And I said, I'm going to make a, the third line said, I'm going to make $100,000 this year. December 31st, I look at the numbers on my computer. From June 14, from June 2014 to, to December 2014, I look at the numbers. It was $106,000. I made 106. My chair dropped. I was, at, I was at the store. My chair dropped. And I said, oh, shit. It, went, it came true. Mm. And I said, okay, well, let me open up that paper again. So I opened up that paper. And it says, open up the second store by quarter one, 2020. I said, oh, shit. Today's December 31st. Seven days ago, on December 22nd, I signed the lease for my second store. Oh, shit. It came true. 
I said, motherfucker, I'm, give me that piece of paper, bro. Give, give me a new piece of paper. So I wrote the, took the new piece of paper. I started writing it down. I said, okay, one, two. I said, I'm going to make a million dollars, man. 10X, baby. I'm going to make a million dollars. We're going to have X locations, boom, boom, boom. I look at the numbers a year later. 998,903, some shit like that. Yeah. I was like, yo, I was short by 1,200 bucks or something of that nature. And then as I start doing the math, again, I did do that cash transaction that was at that, oh shit, a million dollars, dog, a million dollars, dog, a million dollars, baby, a million dollars. And then the store was big, the store, the amount of employees I had. So I share that, I share that with you because I believe actually you can create your future. So I started writing, writing on, my, on my document, on, on this paper. This, this document was done in, um, this was done in October. And I had no idea, for example, so I committed to the Progression Conference Tour. I committed to the Progression Conference Tour. I had no idea, okay, what is it, the strategy that I'm going to use to sell all these tickets? I had no idea. But I committed to it. Then I wrote down what my goals were. I said, I'm going to have 50 employees in my staff. I'm going to have 50 employees in my staff. Oh, what is it? By June or something. Uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm gonna open it up, man. This is this is some real deal stuff. I'm talking about manifest. I'm talking about writing a letter to God and saying, God, let's make it happen. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I will employ 50 people in 2020. So I said, I will employ 50 people in 2020. I start putting the systems in the process. I start writing the, the goals down. I have zero employees at that time. This is a couple months ago. I have zero employees. Then next thing you know. I needed, someone introduced me to the idea of virtual assistants. Because as a speaker, I need to be mobile. So my challenge is really connecting with a team in person in Los Angeles, but that means I can't be as mobile as I, sh as I should be. Right. You know, I, I, gotta be, I gotta be on stage or I gotta be connecting with people in the audience at different events or I gotta be doing in-person podcasts. And then, so I, I can't be stuck into an office. Like, how do I do that? How do I make it work? Someone just introduced me to a, a virtual assistant, one virtual assistant. And, and that virtual assistant, their job was to do like data entry. I'm telling you, like their job was to type in like people's emails, addresses and put it into, the, into our database, right? And then she started working on it. This, this woman was a woman in Argentina, barely spoke English. Okay. You know, not like, like I'm telling you, like all, all, all she had to do was just type what she saw, put it on, what she saw on a piece of paper that I wrote, I took a picture of it. I sent it to her. She put it into a Google spreadsheet. That's all that her job role was. Right, right. That started trickling down. Fatima. Her name is Fatima. That started trickling down. Now, I, I employ 32 virtual assistants on my team now. Mm. I have 32. Fatima, that woman who started with me, she's the person who essentially runs my company now. Completely runs my company. And I remember her challenge, for example, was because she lives in Argentina, she has a, a thick accent. A huge thick accent. Like I'm talking about, like her R's roll, everything. She has a thick accent, and some some people would dismiss her because of that. Some people would dismiss her because of that. I said, you know what? It's about progression. It's not about perfection. It's about progression. So she started off the data entry. As of today, she's the person who does. She does appointment setting, client calls. She does orientation calls with brand new clients. She's the one. I, she scheduled the podcast with you, right? 
Yeah, yeah. She schedules the podcast for all these podcasts for me on my calendar. She just booked me on TV. I'm flying to, I'm flying to Utah next week. I'm going to be on TV. She's the one that's doing all that. She's, she's managing all contracts with the hotels and, and, and my clients. She's managing all the con, con, contacts. And she's the one who's responsible for hiring new employees because she knows our vision. So there's people who don't speak English very well. So she filters through them all out. She's the one who, who employs them and puts them on my team. It's about progression, not perfection. So now because of people like her, I have 32 uh, on my staff and we're only in January 11th of this year. So I think I short, I, I went under my goal, like, like, like I, my, my potential, I wrote, when I wrote 50 employees, I was under my potential. The fact that I'm at 32 now, we're only 11 days into the new year. Mm, damn, that dude, that is freaking awesome. I want to respect your time. How, how important is faith? I know you had mentioned that a little bit. How, how important is faith to you in, in your progress in life? You know, one of the things with, you know, modern fitness is our business, but team effort based on faith, family, fitness, and freedom, right? So faith is a big pillar about everything that we do. You know, I'm very open about it. And if you don't mind me asking, like, how, how has faith played in your progress, in your progression? My first, my first, uh, my first seminar, this, so this will go down to like 2017, like my first I own seminar. I used to promote people's seminars, but before, but, but there was a day I, I decided that I'm going to host my own seminar. So, so my first seminar, uh, I, I, I went to the, now this was during that six month time span, I, I was financially hurt. So I, I went to the hotel and I signed a contract for like four grand, something like that. And I didn't have the four grand, but I signed the contract for the four grand. And then I went to the hotel and I said, hey, I'm going to get you the money. Don't worry about it. And they said, okay, like, no problem. Like, the event is, like, a couple months away. Don't worry about it. So I said, okay. I went and, and started I, – I printed out tickets, went and started selling these tickets. Now, a month passes by. I'm not selling the tickets I wanted to sell. So I get a phone call from the hotel, and the hotel is like, hey, we want you to – we want you to uh, – like, we need, we, need, we need the down payment. I said, okay, I'm going to get it to you. I don't – I can't – I don't have the money. They said – a week passes. They said, Andy, it's now Monday. If you don't have the money in by Friday, we're going to cancel your event. I said, okay, Friday. Okay, today's Monday. How much do I need? You need, uh, you need uh, what was it? You need $2,600. I said, okay. Got it. Friday, boom, got it. So I went to the hotel on Tuesday, and I'm trying to convince the manager. I'm like, I'm like, yo, man, you know, I'm 22, man. Do me a favor, man. I'm 22, bro. Help me out, man. Come on. You know, help me, help me out, man. This is where I come from. Like, like, help me out, bro. And then, and then he goes, he goes, okay, young man. I, I get. He goes, okay, young man. Let me get the manager. So I, the manager comes in. The manager comes in, and and she's sharing with me. She's like, hey, young, hey, what's going on? I'm like, hey, look, this is what happened. I thought I had them. I got. You know, I got this event coming. This is what my vision is for the world. This is what my vision is for this event. I'm not financially out of place. Do me a favor. Can you extend it for an extra two weeks so I can get the money? And she's like, no, uh, Friday is going to be your, your that, that's the deadline. But the thing is, I already had people like who were, who bought tickets already. Now they didn't spend a lot of money on the tickets, but I, in my head, I'm like, yo, that person paid a hundred dollars for the ticket. Like that one person, they're going to come to the event and it's not there. That's going to be a problem. So I said, okay, thank you. So, so she walked away. I walked away, and I'm so pissed off. I'm pissed off. I go to my car, and I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, like they, don't, they don't believe me, man. They, they ain't on my level, man. They ain't fucking with me. Though. What the hell? So then I go, I go home, and I, I go work out. I go work out, release and stress, go work out. 
on my way back home from the gym, I'm in my sweat, I'm in my, my, my pants, I got my, my shorts on, I got my, my, my hoodie that I just worked out with. I get a phone call, ring, ring, ring. Who is this? Hello? Andy. I said, yes. Who's this? You don't recognize the Andy. Oh, hey, hey, who's it? Oh my gosh, I, I know who this is. I, I'm just gonna act like I who this, but Andy, it's Les Brown. Oh, okay. Les, how are you? Yes, I, I knew it was Les Brown, bro. <laughs> Les, how are you? Andy, I didn't know you were hosting an event, man. I wanna speak at your event, man. Why didn't you call me to speak at your event? I said, Les, I didn't know I could see you, you were gonna speak at my event. I didn't know you were gonna speak at my event, man. Uh, I, you wanna speak? He said, yeah. He said, all right, man. Tell you what, Andy. Tell you what, I'm gonna come speak at your event. And we're doing the whole planning. He's like, he's like, how many people you want there? I said, man, let's have like a hundred people there. Manifest it. So I'm like, let's have a hundred people there. And he's like, okay, look, I got 1.2 million followers on Facebook. Okay, out of the 1.2, I got 13,000 people in Los Angeles. We're gonna do a Facebook ad campaign. We're gonna do a Facebook live. We're gonna make it work. We're gonna fill up that event. Okay, so here's the plan, Andy. You, how many days we have? I said, man, we got a couple of weeks. How many tickets sold? Not a lot. And he said, he said, all right, man, keep hustling out there. All right, look, this, this is what I want you to do. I need you to go out on Facebook. Let's meet up. Let's, let's start recording some content. I said, okay, that's great. That's great. And I said, Les, quick question for you, man. I know you've been in this, you know, and you're all about the spiritual hoo-rah and motivation and, and making it happen and all that stuff. Man, I know you're all about that stuff, man. But let me ask you a real question, man. Do you really think that we could do this? Do like, you think we could, we could really have 100, 100, 100 people there? Andy, never mind. Uh, I'm not doing this event with you anymore. Uh, I don't want to do business with, with you at all, actually. Goodbye, sir. <laughs> Hung up on me. What the fuck? For real? <laughs> Hung up on me. All right, all right, all right. Nah, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Let me wake up. Let me wake up from this bad dream. Let me call him right back. Hello? Let he don't pick up. I go in my house. I'm pacing back and forth in my, my, my apartment. Pacing back and forth. Boom. Boom. Pacing back and forth. I don't even have time to change. I just get back into my car. I knew he was in Los Angeles. I knew where he was staying at because I was part of the camp. I was part of his tribe. So I, I drove over to the house. I get there. I run to the door, knock on the door. And I'm like, excuse me, is Les here? And she's like, no, he's in Orange County filming a commercial. I said, okay. Um, I need to talk to him. He says, dude, you, no, you can't talk to him, man. I don't even know who you are. This, this young lady opened the door. So I call us back. I keep dialing his phone. I, I'm telling you like 17 times I dial his phone. And then he finally picks up. He says, Andy, stop. I'm not doing business with you, man. We're done. I said, Les, is there anything I could click? <sighs> Across the street, there was a beach. I go to the beach. I put my feet in the sand. I'm looking up at the sky. I'm like, God, why did you allow me to get so close to success? And he took it right away from me. Hmm. Why did you do that? And God's literally, as if it was as clear as a text message, God told me right then and there, do not doubt yourself. I had to use less for a specific reason in this, in this situation, to show, you a situ to show you something. Do not doubt yourself. You don't need anyone but yourself, and I put everything else that you need. Do not doubt yourself. I said, all right, get it. He said, have faith. God said, have faith. So I got in my car. I, got, I go home, take a shower, put my suit on. I go to, go to a real estate company. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm doing a presentation. I'm trying to sell tickets. Two weeks go by. I'm over here trying to sell tickets. Pushing, pushing, pushing. I, I go to a real estate company. I go to this other company. Remember, the hotel's on the line, 
And she's like, yo, Andy, if you don't pay the $2,600 out of the $4,000, you're going to get, like, we're squashing this deal. That Friday comes, that Friday comes where she said, hey, we're going to cancel it. I told her, I said, hey, I just did a credit card transaction. I just don't worry about it. I just did a credit card transaction. The money's coming in on Monday. She said, okay, you're going to charge, you're going to take care of it on Monday? I said, yeah. Yo, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I was looking for somebody to, to give me $2,600. That credit card, it was no credit card transaction, man. I was trying to get paid, man. I was, I was looking for, I was look, who's got my money at? I was like, oh, who's got, who's got $2,000, man? And then Monday comes around. They call me. I, can't, I don't pick up the phone, man. I don't pick up the phone. But I, I got to face it. So I call him back and I say, hey, hold on one second. I'm going to take care of it. I got on my knees and I prayed. I said, God, show me the way. So I go, I go out on Tuesday morning. I go out and do a, 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 to a real estate company, Keller Williams. I'm presenting. I'm presenting in front of a real estate company. I'm teaching them about social media. I know social media at that time. There's no one believed in me to give me a dollar. I knew what the fuck I was doing. Just no one looked at me as serious because I was 22. I just turned 22. So I'm this young dude. And, and the thing is, I didn't know how to wear a suit. So like I'm wearing, like, I'm wearing the buttons wrong incorrectly. I, I got the tags. Like, like in the suits, there's some tags that you're supposed to rip off. I thought it was part of the style. So I kept it on. And then I didn't know how to tie a tie. So, so I looked on YouTube. And, and, and I'm trying to tie my tie. And I'm, it's all fucked up. And I'm thinking like I'm a boss. So, so then I, I'm presenting, teaching people how to use social media. And then somebody buys a ticket, and one person buys a ticket, and another person buys a ticket, and I'm like, okay, it's working. Somehow, some things are changing. Then I get a phone call at the end of the presentation, and it's like, hello, Andy, Les Brown, um, who is this? It's the president of the Les Brown Institute. Andy, Les Brown called me. He said he wants to speak at your event. I said, Les wants to speak at my event now? What, what, what changed? He said, I don't know. Don't question it, but Les wants to speak at your event. I said, okay, done. Les Brown speaking at my event. Hung up. I said, guys, Les Brown speaking at my event. One of the people who, who, who was there, he said, why don't you come to my office? I want to introduce you to the studio. And I said, what do you mean? We have an office down the street, and in the office, we have a little studio. This was a new sales rep in that organization. So he was kind of flaunting his the, the stuff. He was flaunting the, the, the job he, knew, he now had. Yeah. So then I go to the, to the building, and... I go to the building and I'm looking around the building and this is a new rep. This is a new person that of a 20 year old company. He, he just started the week before. So he's like, yeah, man, this is, this is so-and-so. I said, okay. Next thing you know, the CEO walks out and the, and the guy who's with me, he's like, oh, that's the CEO right there. That's the CEO. He's going to like, like this, like, you know, his Lamborghini and stuff like that. That's the CEO. And I said, okay. I said, I walked to the CEO. I said, can you introduce me? He says, well, I don't know. Um, I guess you could. I said, man, how I'm when you have, when you have a purpose, when you have a purpose, bro, nothing can stop you. So I went to the CEO. I said, hey, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you so much for, for you know, thank you so much for uh, the business or whatever. It was a pleasure connecting with you. He's like, okay, cool, young man. Sweet. Gets into his Lamborghini, leaves. I said, hey, man, do you think that this company would, like, be willing to do business with me? And he said, I, I don't know. And then he said, I said, can you set up a meeting with the vice president, with me and the vice president? He said, damn, that's going to be hard. I said, bro, I believe in you. Can you make it happen? He said, I'll make it happen. Two days later, I got a meeting with the vice president. I still owe the, comp the hotel money. I go, to the, I go to the vice president. I say, hey, look, this is what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to train your people. I'm going I'm to inspire them, do the motivational. The whole thing, 2700 He's like, he's like, 2700 In my head, this is do or die. He says, all right, man, 2700 Let's do it. Give me a credit card strike for 2700 I walk out, bro. I start crying. Start crying. 
that day he taught me something, which what you said, Angelo, which is very interesting. That day he taught me something. He taught me, he calls it the four pillars. Faith, finance, fitness, family. Faith being the first one. I had faith during this whole time. He gave me 2,700 bucks. I then leave. I call, I call, I call the whole toss. I got the, I got the money. I make the payment. I go to the person, to the person to make the payment at the hotel. She says, she says to me, Andy, I was never going to cancel your event. I was never going to cancel your event. And she, she was like, she was like, I was like, okay, why are you telling me you're going to cancel the event to push you? I said, okay, well, like, why would you do that? She's like, have faith, have faith in God. I said, why are you saying this? Just have faith. And she walked out like a little angel, bro. She walked, she walked out like a little angel out of the room. Next day I meet her, I meet up with her again. I said, what, like, where are you from? Like, what, like besides working at the Marriott Hotel, what, what do you do? Oh, she's like, oh, I'm a singer at the, uh, at the, uh, at the I'm a choir singer, worship leader at the uh, church down the street. She's a Christian. The person who gave me the money was a Christian. It's as if God was orchestrating all of this for my success with the right people. Had I, not had, had I not had faith, I would have been out of the loop. But because I had faith and I was in alignment with God, God put the right people to show me things. So here's what that situation showed me from my life. I still, I still, I still, how do, how do you say it? I still use those, use those techniques and, and the things that I learned from that day in my life. So here's what I'm going to show you right now. And this is only for the people that are viewing. This is only for the people that are viewing. The, if you remember the, the, the part of me telling you about the time that that, that CEO was, was uh, driving his Lamborghini. Mm. After, because I continue to have faith, this is me with the CEO and I'm driving his Lamborghini. He, got, he gave me the opportunity to drive his Lamborghini. And then we connected. He, he, he spoke at my event and he's been a sponsor at my event for years, for the last, I don't know, three years. This is me driving his Lamborghini now. So, I, so he showed me the Lamborghini, and then I'm driving it. Faith. God. That's the reason for my success. There's story after story after story after story after story after story after story about having faith and how God works in my life. The reason I'm successful the reason I, I overcome the challenges, it's not like challenges don't happen. I have faith. And when I first did my event, my first that seminar, that first seminar a couple of years ago, three, three, almost four years ago, when I did that seminar, I started off that event. Let me tell you something, Angelo. Talk about having faith. There's so many stories that God was working for my favor, for my success. When I started, when I had that event, I set up, the, the hotel asked me, okay, now I'm paid up. The hotel called me and said, hey, how many seats do you want in the room? I said, give me 70 seats. Set up the room for 70. Do you remember what the number that I told Les Brown that I wanted? 100. I didn't have faith. I, I, was, I was nervous. He said, set up the seats for 70 room. I said, set up the seats for 70. I was like hoping for 70. So I, the day of the event, it's like four o'clock in the morning. I have no staff. I'm just new to this. So I'm putting out the signs and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, it's official. I'm a hosting, I'm a live event host. Now, a couple hours later, 
It's now nine o'clock in the morning. The event starts at nine o'clock. I'm, I'm pimped out in my suit. I come out, I turn the room, I turn into the room, I look into the room, and there's 15 people there. There's 15 people there. And it's like, you can hear like the soft music playing in the background. You can hear a couple people networking, people just sitting down like bored as hell. And I'm like, yo, I cannot, that's not the vision that I had. I go to my room, my hotel room. I tell the camera guy, I say, hey, bro, you can't come with me. Bro, this is me, me and God only. So I get on my knees and I, and I ask God, like, yo, God, like, what do you, what's going on? Why you do me like this? I thought you told me I'm going to be successful. You told me have faith. I have faith. I didn't doubt myself. Like, what are you doing with me like this for? He said, Andy, have faith. Do not doubt. I get up. Why my face? All right. I leave my hotel room. I turn the corner. I'm like, in my head, I'm, as I'm going to the, to the room, I'm thinking, I have Les Brown here. Because Les Brown's a speaker now. I've, at my event, I have Les Brown here. There's no way I can put him in front of 10 people. I turn the corner. I go to Les's room. I say, Les, I just want to be straightforward with you. I don't know how many people are going to show up right now. He said, Andy, and I never told this publicly, Angela. This is some shit that I'm like remembering now. He said, Andy, you know how many people I had in my first event? He said, I said, how many? And he told me I had Bo and Larry, my two friends. If one person's out there, I'm performing, giving my all. I said, all right, Les. So I gave me like that, a little piece, but I knew I still couldn't have that, but I, I had a little piece. I said, God, it's all on you, man. It's all on me, man. So I turn the corner. I leave Les's room, hotel room. I go back to the conference room. My friend Patrick, my best friend, who's my roommate, I asked him to be a volunteer at the event. He's, he's the one who's checking in people. This dude is swarmed with people. I'm telling you, the laptop, he's at, he's at the laptop. He's like, he's like, yo, Andy, come here. I can't help. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, check in. Here's your wristband. You can go. Oh, boom. Here's your check wristband. You can go. Boom, boom, boom. All right, man, you guys, check in wristband. Boom. Hey, I need help. I need help. Hey, bro, can you help him? All right, there's two people. Right, they name him on a piece of paper. Boom. Check in wristband. Check in wristband. Boom. Yo, 915, that event is packed. All 70 seats are taken. All 70 seats are taken. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. 9.45, the hotel comes up to me and like, yeah, you need more chairs. So, we're gonna, so the hotel brings up a large group of people and they're all bringing in seats like this in rows and they're stuffed in the back. They're like, they're stuffed in the back. It's like, now it's like crabs in a bucket. Not the pulling down was just like stuffed and, and standing room only. You got people in the, in the corner like this. Over 111 people in a 70 person room. This room is completely packed. I get on stage and I start off the event. I'm like, yo guys, yo, y'all don't know the shit I went through to put on this event, man. Y'all don't know the shit I went through to put on this event, man. And I start crying. And I, did, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I say, yo, I don't care about nothing else. I'm praying, I'm starting off this event with the prayer because you all know the shit I went through to start off this event. So I start praying and I start thinking, God, like, yo, God, thank you for this opportunity to be in this room. And giving me an opportunity to live my purpose. I know it was hard. I know it's going to be, and you told me it was going to be challenging. I just didn't know how challenging it was going to be. I got, I got hit. I got kicked mentally. I, I fought myself. My, my mindset told me to stop. Don't sign the contract. My mindset said, when, 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 at 2400 you can't pay that. You don't have the money. At, at 4000 that's too much. You've never done anything like this before in your life. When Les Brown told me no, he said, yo, I'm out. 
I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop progressing. I wanted to let the dream die, bro. Do you know how many odds were stacked against me? Do you know how fucked up it was for me? The time that during that time I'm trying to sell tickets and I go to a I go I go to a potential client. I remember when I was on stage and I go, I remember going to that potential client. This one person, I said, Hey, I want to have you be a sponsor at my event. I got this event. He said, Come to my my office. I pull into the office. I got 19,073 cents in my bank account. I pull up to the office. Oh shit, no parking. I pull up into a garage. It says two hours for free. I go in. I'm so nervous to do the sale. This guy takes me from left to right. Not, not, not maliciously, he takes me from left to right. I forget to fuck while I'm there. I forgot my purpose for being there. And then that next thing you know, I see an hour 50 minutes gone by. I said, oh, shoot. Hey, man, do you want to be a sponsor at my event? He said, Andy, let me think about it. I said, okay. I left. I go to my car. Two hours pass. I go in. I start my car, go out of the gate, put the ticket in. It tells me, you've been here for two hours, $10 for your fee. I said, oh my gosh, I paid the $10. I can't get out. I got $9.73. I was a successful individual with 14, with 14 employees. I have 14, I have four stores. Man, I had all this money. Now I got $9.73 in my bank account and I'm trying to live my purpose. I got $9.73 in my bank account and I can't buy a fucking burger. On that day, I prayed. In front of the whole audience, I said, look, I don't care who's atheist, who's da-da-da-da, who's fucking believes in ants. I don't give a fuck. Do you understand what it took to get here? I made sure it was known. That's why I'm successful. That's why anyone is successful. God allowed you to, whether you believe it or not. God allowed you to. It's for his purpose. There's a reason you're on here on earth. There's a reason because there's people that depend on you. There's people, Angela, there's people that depend on you on this podcast. That, of course, there's big people, there's, there's the, the, big, the, big, the, the, the big dudes with the big podcast, and yours might be uncomparable to theirs and shit. I get it. I get it. There's a group of people that aren't listening to those people that only listen to your shit. There's people that depend on you. That when you wake up in the morning and you say, I put, you put your shoes on, you put your pants on, you brush your teeth, that if Angelo didn't wake up, their lives will never be the same. You have purpose. That's what I realized. So there's no way in hell that you can operate at a small. There's no way you can operate small. Because if you're operating small, you're not only affecting your life, you're affecting the people that depend on you fucking up God's purpose and shit. There's people that depend on you to, that vision to grow big and expand. I don't, you don't know where it came from. You don't have no, a fucking clue. You don't have a clue. But you got to commit first. Write it down on a piece of paper. When I say I'm going to have the Progression Conference tour, I'm going on a national city tour. Bro, I've been in, the, in this industry for 729 days. There's people that's been in this industry for 25 years ain't doing half the shit I'm doing. I've been in this business for 700 something days, bro. And but I committed to the, to, the, to, the, to the deal. Next thing you know, I got 30 employees. Why? I have purpose. But most of, most of all, I have faith. My faith is so big. The goals that I have is so fucking big. Only God can help me. Hmm. Only God can help. I don't know. I, you ask me for my marketing strategy, bro, I'll tell you in six months, bro. I'm clear on where I'm going. I'm clear on where I'm going. 
But the reason I can do it, the reason I'm willing to do it, I manifested it. I wrote a letter to God. Or God told me this is what's going to be done, either or, I don't know. I believe that it's God telling me what's going to be done. And it's my subconscious, it's, my, it's a devil trying to stop a brother from accomplishing it. Do you recognize how many people depend on you, Angela? Yeah. That's why we do what we do, bro. That's why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. This world is fucked up. There's so, the devil got a hold on so many people that people aren't living in purpose. They're, they're in fear. Imagine I was scared for $2,000, bro. Imagine I was scared for $2,000, bro. The last, man, $2,000 ain't shit to me now. But imagine I was scared, back then if I was scared for $2,000 and I was like, oh my gosh, you know? I pay people's rent for $2,000 now. But back, yo, bro, it's a whole different mindset and it happens in a short period of time. It's only been a couple of years. It's only, it's only, it hasn't been long. Some people get stuck where they're currently at and they stay there. So for your audience who's listening, don't stay where you're at. Progress daily. Mm. I brought the church out on them, man. Oh. Hallelujah. <laughs> Seriously, man, that's what, that's what it is. That's progression. It is. I love that. How can how can our people connect with you, follow you, or attend even attend a progression conference tour? Go to progressionticket.com. Go to progressionticket.com. You're gonna learn about Andy all day. You're gonna learn about me. You're gonna learn about the events. You're gonna learn about my why. You're gonna learn about getting in touch with me. You're gonna learn about how I can become your leader and support you. How I can be your mentor and your coach and support you. You need to get around the right environment. The most important thing is getting around the right environment. That's what the progression conference is. The opportunity is in the show up. You're gonna see that time and time and time over again throughout my content. Why? Because had I not shown up to the, to the opportunity to, to go to that, to that office and meet, meet up with the guy, I wouldn't have had the money to have the event. Had I not shown up to meet up with Les Brown and he would have not seen my, my, my hustle, he would have not came. Had I not showed up to the hotel, had I not shown up to my dream, my purpose, I wouldn't be here standing in front of you. I'd probably be selling phones in, 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 a, in a little office in the, you know, a little office in a little downtown LA, probably go back to the East Coast and, and be away from my purpose. Go, go back in the trenches where I, where I come from. But no, I decided to move forward on a daily basis. Me and my company and my staff, I say every day, how did you progress today? Every day, how did you progress today? If you, don't, if you didn't progress today, you're not working. So everyone has a response, oh, this is how I progress today. Personal and business. Because we're family. Personal and business. We have a culture in our, com in our company that when, when our clients get to, and this is small, man. This is small, Angela. I'm building the foundation, baby. I'm building the foundation, man. Wait till six years from now, bro. Wait till six years from now, man. Oh, shit, bro. 2026, bro. Oh, my gosh, man. They're going to say Andy's off. Oh, my gosh. You know, have you heard of Andy all day? Yes, I've heard of Andy all day. I mean, that shit crazy. That's what they're going to say, bro. Right now, it's a foundation, man. I'm building, I'm building, I'm putting in the cement right now. 
I, I, I was, I was, I was kicked. I was rocked. I was ragged. I was dragged. I'm putting the cement to level things out. Then I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put the dirt on top of that. Then the grass is gonna come out, and it's gonna be beautiful flowers. I'm in the hustle. I'm in the, I'm in the grind right now, man. But number one, I have faith. So number one, you must have faith. Number two, your goal must be so big that only God can help you. If you are, if you are making your goals based off what you think you can reach so you can actually reach them, you are living so far underneath your potential, it's not even funny. It's not even funny. When GE, General Electric, they created a system called Smart Goals, and then, and then a, port, a large portion of the personal development world took that system. But General Electric, many years ago, created that system called Smart Goal. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was like specific, S was specific, M was measurable, I forgot A, attainable, I don't know what it was, but it was Smart Goals. And one of the goals for like, the, for example, like the office, the office assistant, right? My, the, every day the company would say, what's your smart goal? And they would have to hand it in to their leader. And then so the office assistant was like, my smart goal is to put the paperwork into the cabinet by 11 a.m. Bro, what type of goal is that, man? <laughs> you you got to put the paper in by 11 a.m. So you're just telling me like your goal is to get up and put the paper in. So that's how they created that system. That system is for the average person. I'm going to tell you, write a goal so far out of this world that your friends are going to be like, yo, this dude must be crazy. This dude must be crazy. Just in 2020, just this year, man, just in ticket sales, we'll do a million dollars in ticket sales. We're not even talking about back-end revenue. We're not talking about speaker speeds. We're not, we're not even talking about courses and shit like that. Just in ticket sales. Had I quit at $2,000, bro, man... Two, at two, uh, $2,000 is $100 20 times. $100 is nothing. So $100 times, uh, uh, 20 times, times nothing is nothing. But my goal is so big, that's what I'm attracted to. And it takes money to do it. So you got to get the money to be able to do it. I don't look at money as the, the physical object. I look at money as it's going to support my. I just sent my senior sales. I just sent my senior, literally a couple hours ago, I just sent my senior sales marketing manager an extra pay because of her, uh, her, her, it's her kids, it's his, her son's birthday today. I said, hey man, take care of it. Take care of it from, from me. Um, because I can. And she, not only does she deserve it, but because I can. It's about you being able to. See, when I was financially strapped, financially tapped, I wasn't able to. Although I wanted to, I wasn't able to. What I learned at that, t at that seat with that person who gave me that check, who gave me that, that money, that $2,700, who gave me that, what I learned from that person was this guy had it because $2,000 at the time was nothing for him. When he gave it to me, I realized that he was successful to support others. He was successful to support others. It dawned on me then. I mismanage. You know how you mismanage funds? You don't support other people. So when I had all this money coming from the cell phone industry, I had all this money. I spent it on me, on hotels and, and flights and whatever the fuck I spent it on. I spent it on me and I didn't take care of other people. So now my focus is on taking care of other people with my mindset. Not only just my money, but my mindset, teaching people how to fish. That's why people come to Gresham, brother. Mm. Mm. 
Brother, thank you so much for this, man. There, thank you, thank you. Truth tonight, man. You were vulnerable. You showed up. I knew you were going to bring fire. And, dude, I, I, I appreciate you, man. First and foremost, I appreciate you making the time. I know, like, we had some scheduling things, but I'm glad you showed up. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Angelo. Thank you for the time, brother.